going to VAR. They're checking. <laughs> hey, Connie. Check complete. Let's head over to the bar. Hello, listeners, and welcome to the VAR Bar podcast. It's episode 145. My name's Jake. I am your resident Chelsea fan, and this week I once again have the honour of hosting these boys. Let's hear it from the lads. Drew, what are you saying? Good, good, good. Been better, but we're here. <laughs> yeah, I'll join you on that one. Um, we'll hear from Toast. Ah, uh, man. First L since September. It's foreign to me, man. I can't lie. <laughs> Lol. <laughs> um, well, you can hear him chuckling. Munya, you as well? That was not me, but... Um, <laughs> yo, I'm here, man. Like Toast said... Ha! Huh, it hurts though, Toast. I can't lie, bro. It hurts. <laughs> April, April, it's April time, boy. L. April, L. September. It could have been a better weekend. But hey, you can't, you can't win it all, man. Like I said, you can't win it all. Fair enough, man. Fair enough. And then the one that was actually chuckling, apologies there, man. It is Char. How you doing, lad? Not too bad, man. Feeling like Will Smith for the last episode of Fresh Prince right now, man. I can't lie. I can't lie. <laughs> <laughs> Now, listeners, firstly, I have to apologise. Obviously, last weekend we weren't able to release an episode, but don't worry, it is going to be more than worth it. I want you to stay stuck to our socials because we have got some very, very exciting stuff coming up for you. Um, but that means we've got two weeks to catch on, right? And that means a bumper episode to get through a lot of content from the football world and boys we have to start about it. it with this it is the month of january so we have been going through the january transfer window and usually i'd want to focus on like each of our clubs go like okay what do you think of your deals what did you think didn't happen what did you want to happen how does it set you up etc etc um but my club chelsea just decided to spend 323 million pounds in one month on eight new players which is more than the Bundesliga, Liga, the Syria, and the La Liga combined. Um, so I think we're probably just going to have to discuss with the fact that we've just fucking decided to blow January out the window. Like, we all know this is the window you don't tend to do your business, and clubs that do usually are panic buying. Um, so, Drew, I'll start with you. Chelsea broke the British transfer record for Enzo Fernandez. They've paid £15 million to loan Xao Felix for six months. We could go into depth about the Mikhailo Mudrik saga. Um, but what do you actually think of this spending? Is there a tangible strategy or is this just Todd Bowley going, mm, spend the cash? <laughs> I think it's a I think it's a bit of both to be honest. It's a spend of cash, but also looking forward to the future, I would say. And obviously with emphasis on looking forward to the future because I feel like the players that you've got, uh or the majority of the players that you got are for the future, they're not for the now. And the only reason why I feel Todd Bowley decided to do uh to move mad in January is because one, most teams would not move mad in January and B you're you're getting all the major talents ahead of everyone. So um in regards to that, you know, I, I definitely see the vision. Um I'm definitely hating. 
Um, yeah, and if I was a Chelsea fan, if I was you, I'd be excited, man. So I don't feel like, you know, the signings that he's made are haphazard or, or, or with zero strategy. No, I mean... The players, the players that you get, that you got, and the ages, and the type of players that you that you, that you've um, acquired, that's what people need to look at. And yeah, if you if you put all that into equation, and then hopefully, um, what's his name, your current manager, what's his name again, Potter? Yeah, hopefully he will get the he will get the ship steering properly, and then it will be exciting, man. In like two, three seasons time at Chelsea. Well, let, let's let's talk about that then, because. Charles, like Drew just said, these are majority young signings. Majority mm. of them have come from outside the Premier League as well. So you've obviously got that adaptation. How much pressure is Potter now under in the short term? Because Chelsea are out of both competitions. Yeah. We've got a Champions League tie against Dortmund, which, like on paper, if you want to play that game, you should mm. win. Like, does that uh, like really ramp it up for him? Yeah and no. Um, I think naturally um, being a manager of Chelsea means that it's, it's definitely always going to be based on results. Um, however, when you actually look at the signings that um, Todd Boyle has made of, under the new regime and, and obviously every, there's been like an emphasis on like young players and what have you, it, it's actually very much like relatable to the, the manager appointment uh, in, in Potter um, in the sense that He's got the credentials that he's he's worked in the league, um, but he hasn't got the credentials that let's say a uh, Ancelotti or Zidane or an Enrique might have. But he's gone with potential longevity, um, and obviously the way I think everyone is very aware of the way Brighton used to play with um, not really having a defined system in place. Um, that is where football's going to at the moment. So. It, it could be a stroke of genius um, from from Todd Bowley. Um, however, I think yeah, in the short term, it's definitely going to put some some pressure on. But I do think there is a lot of. I don't. I don't talk, think so. You know, I don't, you don't think. I don't. Maybe there will be naturally as a Chelsea manager, but I don't think he should be on under any pressure at I all. I think Simply, it's it's one it's of not, them ones. It's though. not his signings, isn't it? This guy is waking up. He's he's catching the news like everyone else, bro. I don't even feel like these players were on his list. Yeah, no, no, so, I, 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 I do get that. But what, my mm. point is more that like, it's all well and good saying it's not his players, but like he was obviously, he joined he joined the club with, with knowing that he wasn't always going to be in control of signings anyway. So mm. he was obviously joining the philosophy and the way of doing things that Chelsea were obviously setting out for him. So in theory, even though it's not his players by definition, he was joining that system and the way of working. So he has to be like judged on based on that. I don't think anyone's going to let him off saying, Oh, it's not, he was, he wasn't under any of these signings. Cause the reality is, I think it was very similar to the way it was at Brighton. The Brighton, I don't think he had like the final say when it comes to signings. It was very much a, t- a, a club effort when people were bringing on, bringing, bringing players on board. So yeah, um, I think the only fine difference, I think if Chelsea start going on a mad losing streak, then I think it gets techie. Um, but I think if Chelsea are playing in and around the, how they're playing now, we'll, they'll win more games than they lose. Um, then I think he can he he he'll definitely get to the next preseason for sure. Yeah, that that's what we're hearing as like Chelsea fans is there's going to be pressure on him, and I think fairly so. I think as personally as Chelsea fan, I'm like, well, it's not even necessarily the results that matter for me because we're in ninth place, like, and we are so far up top four. Yeah. It doesn't really matter if we finish fifth or sixth or seventh. 
I'd like to finish there because I want to see this team play European football rather than eighth. I know that's like counterintuitive because if you're out of view, then you've got that bit of extra lead time between league fixtures. But yeah, I, I, it's for me, it's performances. And we'll discuss the Chelsea game later on. But if it's an improvement in performances, not necessarily results, I can accept that because that's a better base to work on. But we do need to show something more and that's where Potter's got to work on it. He gets a week in between every game if there's not a Champions League week now. Like, there's got to be that gradual improvement and showing that bit more quality because the thing that you can't say, and I'll bring in toast on this one, is that like, Bowley has been incredibly decisive this window and all the new backroom staff that they're for recruitment we've now got. That's the one thing you can say about it. It's like, They've identified their targets and they have gone for them viciously. Like you think of the Mudrick saga. I believe Arsenal were talking to him October, November time they started. And pretty much, well, they were having major discussions early Jan. And then Chelsea just go, oh no, we'll just up our bid. And that's it. That's the only thing. So I think Potter's pressure builds from that just because he has been backed. It's not a case of his signings, but you can't accuse the owners of having any malaise. Like, is that an unfair comment there, Toast? Um, no, no it's, 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 not, it's not unfair, is it, man? But I think what I'll kind of say from my own perspective in it is that with regards to Potter, I low-key feel like it's a, it's a bit unfair to him that there's such a disconnect between maybe what he has to do on the pitch and maybe the players that you guys are getting in. Like perfect example, just being obviously um, you guys started on Friday, Conor Gallagher, you you started ZH. These are two players that if things had gone differently in the week, they might not have even been at the club. So we've gone from players that were literally a couple of days away from being sold or sent on loan or whatever to suddenly they're, they're back in the starting lineup. So for me, there's a disconnect, number one, already. Um, the second thing that for me is... And don't get me wrong, like Chelsea have a, a great squad even before all of these signings. But I personally no, felt as if it made sense that not that not that you can write off the season already because you're ninth or whatever. You're, but you're, if we're being realistic, you're ten points off fourth place right now. You still had Abamyang, Loftus Cheek, Ziyech, um, Pulisic in the team, and they've not really had like a great chance under Potter. So for me, I thought if. Ch- in my opinion, what I, I would have done anyway would I would have been like, you know what? Let's give Potter a chance under um, with the players that he currently has and see what works and see what doesn't. Now he's basically be, and for me in in that sense that kind of takes the pressure off him in a little in a in a little way. Now you've just spent about two two hundred million on two players like Mudrich and Enzo. I think there is going to be pressure on him now. There's going to be uh, an emphasis of the results have to improve significantly because we have invested in you. When how I would have done it is give him a chance to really see who he wants to keep and who he doesn't. Let the hopefully the the system and the results kind of Im- improve like naturally and a bit more a bit more fluidly rather than just kind of going out and just splashing out on a handful of players. Like for me, the January January window like Chelsea Chelsea treated this January window like a summer window which I I don't really I don't know man I'm not, I'm not a big fan of it personally man I mean but yeah we'll, we'll leave it there uh, j- just to just to 
just to piggyback of that like, as well because like, because um yeah I, I still don't feel like he should be under any pressure to be honest because yeah they bought like um um good players in this window and like players for the future but i think the emphasis we have to really look at the type of players and they are for the future there's no there's no ready-made players that's been signed none of them none of these players that were signed were like apart from maybe mudrick in terms of age at 23 and he's played champions league football and he's had um league experience for a long time maybe him but out of the others Noni Madueke has played in a Dutch league for a few seasons. Um, Badiashili, he just started playing a couple of seasons ago. Enzo Fernandez came from River Plate last season, so he just made his name this year. Like, no, I, I don't, for me personally, I don't feel like they are under any pressure to like perform. Maybe, yeah, the fee, I get it. But, but for me, it would be very harsh to but, judge him but, like but, immediately, bro. But, but it is... I mean, I, I get your point, but it is the fee. That's that's what we're saying. Like, there's a, a lot of money been spent. So whether or not they're ready-made players, all the media and all the fans are going to look at is, we've dropped 300 million in this window. We want to see results. So mm. for me, I think pressure will come regardless of whether or not they're, they're ready-made players, which for me, I just don't think that is fair to Potter. Like, he's still kind of getting to know the players that he currently has. He's still trying to exactly, figure yeah. out his best 11 before all of these signings. And now you're, 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 you're throwing in... Um, big money players, hundred million players, eighty million players. It's crazy to me, man. I don't know. Yeah, I, I get, I get that a lot. I think that the pressure point is what for me really pushes it because what three weeks ago we were hearing Thomas Tuchel chants and Roman Abramovich chants away at Fulham, and then all of a sudden you make a couple of big money transfers and like Chelsea Twitter and even like the ground on Friday were like. They were ha- they were in a really positive mood. It's like you haven't actually seen this team play, but you're loving it because we've made these signings. But then as soon as we have like maybe one or two bad results in a row, it's like up in arms. I don't know. I I hope Potter gives gets given the time, but I like I say I think for me I do want to see an improvement, not even necessarily in results, but just performances, so I can have something positive to look forward to next season. But, um. Munyo, I want to bring you in now because January window, like I say, it is not necessarily a panic buy, but some weird stuff can go on in January window, right? So what did you think was like the biggest surprise signing? Because for me, and I don't know how this has happened, but how has Kaylor Navas ended up at Forest? That for me yeah, has got to be so confused. <laughs> I got one after, but yeah, that was mad still. I was yeah, very confused by that. <laughs> on loan too. Yeah, crazy, crazy. But, um, um, no, I'm actually thinking, and that's that's probably up there. Uh, but at the same time, it kind of makes sense. Um, they needed a keeper. He's not getting game time at PSG. Uh, it's a Premier League, so at least you can say I've played in the Premier League. Be it Forest, he's just ticked that off his list. So, I, I the thing I, is, did I, they I need a keeper that, though? Because yeah, Dean Anderson, how long? How long for though? Is Bro, it like a significant injury? Because surely he'd be, he would have been sent back to our club. I don't know. I I, I, did, I thought it was only a couple of weeks personally. I I heard it's lengthy. So Fair. Um, I, I I don't know, man. I think I think. Uh, <coughs> sorry, it ma- it makes sense in my opinion, and he had a good game today. For um, for, for for those that watched the game, yeah, even though it was a bit of a. A bit of a boring game. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> you lot kind of took over all the all the um, signings, Jake, as you know. 
But I can't really think of any. Strange. I'd go Danny Danny Ings. Danny Ings was a surprising Is one it for strange? me. Not strange. I'd say more surprising than strange. Yeah. Because more just more so because like remember the last time Daniels moved to Aston Villa there was literally no news of it whatsoever. Then all of a sudden he got it got like it got announced that he he went. It was very similar. I feel I didn't hear not one rumor about Daniels going to West Ham, and then all of a sudden I heard uh, that he was moving. So I think not necessarily. I think that was a good move for all parties, but in terms of like just a surprise element, I wasn't expecting that. Yeah, Jake. Fair enough. I I, I have I have yours. I have yours. It took me a while. Um. Has to be Cancelo to Bayern Munich. Also, another one, yeah. Yep, that is that is very that is crazy. I mean, City showed it today, just how much of a crazy decision that was. But um, <laughs> was it? A big. Can, well, yeah. Well, obviously it's we just, know there's domestics, but in terms of surprise, nobody was expecting that. Especially and in January, quickly, man. Like, how, come how on. How quickly the deal progressed. Yeah, that was a pure... They definitely had beef in the change rooms, bro. And he was just like, get out, don't come back. And he was just like, go and find another club. Because there was no way... Like, even if you're cool, everyone can admit Cancelo hasn't been playing the best this season. But, like, especially when you're on the, like a title charge, trying to catch, like... You let, basically, a world-class talent in Cancelo leave the club. Nah, man, that is nuts. That is... Yes, I agree with Munoz, to be fair. I think that one was probably the most surprising. <clears throat> yeah, I'd a hundred, I'd a hundred percent agree. Like, I think normally when you look at transfer, some especially the summer transfer window, you always think like, oh, people that are gonna flop and whatnot, don't you? But it's, mm. it's especially hard with January because like it was six months and then you get the summer anyways. But that Cancelo move, like, and he's already got two assists for Bayern, I think, in two games. Yeah. Like, yeah. He's, he's best fullback in the league immediately. Like, and they they've been saying because it's a seventy million euro buy option. And the buying sporting director has been going, mm, mm, I don't think we're going to pay it, but we'll definitely negotiate it. And you can just tell it's like, well, he can't go back to City. That's like That will not be happening. So that will be really interesting for the summer because the better he plays, the more Bayern have to sign him. But whether or not they can actually afford that, different question. Um, but yeah, that was, it was, I mean, I'm as a Chelsea fan, it was a really exciting window. Um, and we will just have to see how all those signings play out. But we'll move on. Um, EFL Cup, Carabao Cup, whichever name it is these days, you want to call it, had its semi-finals within the last two weeks. So both legs of both ties. Newcastle defeated Southampton 3-1 on aggregate. And they will be taking on United, who beat Forest 5-0 on aggregate. So, Char, you're the resident United fan today. It is the first available trophy of the year. Both mm-hmm. Pep and Mourinho, when they were managing, they always made a big deal about trying to win this cup, saying it was a springboard for the rest of the season to really catch up on. Mm-hmm. You've got Ten Hag in his first full year as manager. How much do you think that would mean to United and specifically Ten Hag? Mm. First trophy, first win. Yeah, look, I, I'll, I'll make no um suggestions that it's not going to be a massive thing for Ten Hag and his future at United and, and United's this squad in general don't get me wrong you're not going to sit here and, and hear me talking come May show me your ta- your, your, your medals and, and, and me sort of gallivanting and, and shouting about the Carabao Cup um, in terms of like the importance um, in terms of like the other competitions I think it's probably the least important but 
Um, I think it's it's yeah, it's massive. I think uh, Sir Alex Ferguson his first his first trophy was um, the equivalent English Cup back then. Um, I'm pretty sure Pep's first trophy in English football was um, the Carabao Cup. Um, so it's 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 an important one to just to get the taste back. Obviously, it's been a long six five six years for United not winning any any silverware whatsoever. So um, I think it's important because of the impact it potentially could have with us getting back to winning ways. Um, but in terms of the actual trophy itself, obviously United should be going for sort of bigger and better competitions long term. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair enough. I mean, Drew, I ask you this because you've got the United aspect of. They're they're on the comeback trail, whereas you've got Newcastle, who are the new boys on the block, trying to make it big seven, and I I I think for them this is massive. Like I mm. I I almost want to argue that winning just even the Carabao Cup and having that win at Wembley would be more important than top four. Maybe not from a business point of view, but from like a supporters' point of view, is we've won our first trophy in. What is it? What would it be now? Fair, twenty five years, even more. I don't even know, man. But it's been a long time. I do agree that obviously this this cup would probably mean more as a club would probably mean more to Newcastle than United. But make no mistake that Eric Tenak wants to win this, man, because I feel like um, you know mm. the Carabao Cup. Even though people scream that it's a mini cup, mm. it's the Mickey Mouse Trophy. It is, you know, it is the what do you call it? Um, it sets you up for the rest of the season I have to disagree man um, I don't know if Charles going to agree with me but I think it, it matters equally for both clubs to win this trophy I think that's what's going to make it a really good final like you said obviously Newcastle, I think we all know Newcastle ain't won it since the 50s like Tottenham so this is obviously a chance <laughs> for them <laughs> why, you, why you got why you got a sub Tottenham there <laughs> There's bare yeah, clubs that haven't won it since the 50s, you know. <laughs> Where's the last time Arsenal won it? Fool. No, I'm going to try to cut that out. Tottenham won it in I need to cut it out. Yeah, boy. <laughs> that, oh, that bikey rusty thing. No, nah. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I just wanted to get a Tottenham, of course. Ah, oh, shit. No, but um, back to my point. <laughs> back to my All right, point. Okay, Bunya, um, tell you what, I'll give you an out. I'll give you an out. Um, let's preview the game here quickly. So these are, was it, third in the league versus fourth in the league? Both two of the most informed teams in the league right now and just overall. Um, let's not preview the whole game, but let's just look. What do you think is going to be a bigger matchup in the game? Bruno Gamares versus Casemiro, both, nat- both Brazilian sixes going against each other, or Rashford, you could argue the most informed player in the league, versus Trippier, who has had a career season at right back. Oh man, I think it's gonna be a matchup in all positions. I don't, I don't think we can single out one single um, battle on the pitch because <laughs> I was about to give life in the flesh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, I think looking at the squads, um, it's 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 gonna be a feast, man. I'm even looking to get tickets to go as a, as a neutral because I know it's gonna be one real game. In my opinion, I don't think we can point to individual battles every single position on that pitch everyone's going to be I have to be honest I can't lie man that uh, new getting Newcastle is pissed me right off to be fair uh, it's going to be such Why? a techie game 
bro. But what, Newcastle... did you expect South, Southampton then? No, no, no I didn't Surely expect them. I, I would have rathered, of course, Southampton and New, but Newcastle are a very techie team, man. And I just feel like with the whole, they're like almost like a new era for them type thing, that is just written. And it, and if there's one thing, thing that United, obviously it's a new era with Arsenal with Ten Hag, but I just can see it. I can just see last minute, Trippier hangs at a back post, Joe Linton goal, and then it, it, it's, all, it, it's all curtains. I can just see it, man. It's not going to be an easy game by any stretch. I'll, <laughs> I'll be honest with you, like um, this game, minute, like, and this is, <laughs> people will probably take this as disrespect in it to United. Like, obviously United on paper, like big names, players, United obviously are the better, are on paper the better team. But I actually think from what I've watched this season that Newcastle are actually the better team. Like in, just in terms of actually. tactically, just in terms of what I can expect from them on a consistent basis week to week. Like I have to say that Newcastle are the better team. I mean, obviously United have the, they have the players, you know what I mean? They have the Casemiro. But this is a final Champions boy. League winners, the Champions League Varans. Mm. But Moments, this is what I'm saying. If, if we're talking about... Um, Exactly, like getting um, two teams together and the managers coming up with game plans to set up to win the game. Newcastle have a very good chance, man. So, so what? You're, hey, man, you're screaming, you're screaming how? You're screaming how over Ten Hag, yeah? Is that what we're screaming? <laughs> Just on wax. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think, I think, I think United have, um, I think United have the better moments players, like as in as Charger said, like uh, in terms of match winners. Um, obviously, like the the Brunos, the Rashfords, you know what I mean. But as a team, I think Newcastle are better in it. So that's what I'm saying. All right, so Newcastle got a better manager then. You heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Okay. Right. Char. Quick prediction. What are you saying for the final? Uh, one one goes into extra time. United nick it in uh, the hundredth minute. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no chest whatsoever in it. Shut. Oh, yeah, <laughs> no cool. chest whatsoever. But I can't like. I'm not. Oh, I'm looking forward to it because it's a final. But I'm not looking forward to the game, man. That game's gonna be a a very techie game, man. Very techie. No, I think like <clears throat> jumping on Toast's point from there, like the fact that you've got to go against like Newcastle defense and a final. That is like <sighs> of, of all the teams, like that unit to go against for ninety or. You'd almost what? You'd almost go as far to say you'd rather play rather play City at this point, like. Because at least you know what you're gonna get with Newcastle. It's just like you might you might not get no change any of the game, man. So yeah, it's gonna be a tight game, man. But I expect us to win. Well, I don't know. I hope we win. I can't like, say that I expect. Um, but yeah, it'll be a tight game, man, for sure. I think United will win. To be honest, personally, extra time things. Yeah. It will be tight, but a Rashford a Rashford Mazine will seal the job, man. Mm. Inshallah, man. Two one Newcastle. Regular time, man. <laughs> mm, my uppers. There we go. Munya, you're going to add in on the prediction? The only top of the two teams I have is actually Newcastle. So Newcastle for the win, man. There you go. Munya, why are you lying for? You used to be a United fan, man. Come off that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll move on. So not only have we had the EFL Cup in the last two weeks... We've had the FA Cup, the Cup of the People, the Cup that all the big teams like to rest their people in. Um, for me, there were three major results because we're not going to go through the whole tie. Um, but we have to start with the Friday night game, the one to kick off the that weekend, Arsenal versus City. So that was Arsenal's first loss. They lost 1-0 since November in all competitions. 
and that and that was in the EFL Cup. So Tos and Munya, I think they like I I thought Arsenal again played well in that game. There was nothing necessarily wrong. I think City just had that one really really nice finish from Ake on his weak foot, if I remember correctly. But um, but like, what were your major takeaways? Do you think this is going to have any long term impact? Because it wasn't a case of like you rest. I think you rested. What was it? Most of your defense, but you played first choice midfield and attack. Do you think that lingers, or is it just a case of uh, so FA Cup? We don't have as many games to play um, now. No, I'll be honest with you, Jake. Like, um, weekend. Well, go on, go on, Munu. Oh, quick one for me, anyways, before Torres goes in. Um, I I think we played really well, really, um, in that game. To only lose one nil because people came into this game. Oh yeah, it's the first time they're seeing each other. Everyone thinking, obviously, everyone knew Man City. Well, everyone tipped Man City to win. Either it's gonna be a battering or close court. But I'll tell you one thing: I didn't want. I didn't want a battering, which didn't happen, and I didn't want a draw. So to lose one nil and to still have played very well, I can't be mad. Great finish from Ake. Um, but I think we did all we could on the day. Eddie could have been a bit more clinical and we, we didn't play bad. So that that's all really. I'm not as mad as I am today considering our result against Everton, which we'll go into. So yeah, man, we're at the FA Cup. We move. Worrying though, I think since Arteta won the FA Cup after six months of Arsenal, um, he's not really gone past the fourth round, I believe I've heard. So... Yeah, it's it's a bit of a worry in that sense, but at the end of the day, in the season we're having at the moment, it's it's a, it's an L, it's a knockout that I can accept. Toast. Yeah, man. Um, my biggest takeaway is um, I was actually proud of the performance. Obviously, there were a lot of changes. Um, I think it's quite quite rare, I guess, to play a team in a cup and then obviously still have to play them another two times in the league. Usually, it kind of happens in reverse. So, for me. I can take uh, a lot of pride in the performance and I think Arteta will kind of make his adjustments accordingly based on what he saw in the game, going into obviously what could potentially be two like really pivotal games um, in the league. So um, I'm I'm scarred, do you know what I mean? Going to the Etihad, I've seen us hold six before, do you know what I mean? So I'm never really that confident going into this game. But yeah, man, it was a one nil. We held our own against virtually... um, a first team for City. We we had we had a lot of first team players ourselves. Don't don't get don't get me wrong, but I mean when you're starting the likes of Holding, who just had a horror show against Haaland all day, I think that's probably one of my major takeaways. Really, that I'm really glad we've signed this um, Kiwi or Don, the Polish centre back. I don't really I've not really seen much of him, but what I do know is if Saliba or Gabriel go out, like we we can't be looking to Holding to kind of hold anything down. Like no pun intended, man, because that boy is just not good, man. So. Yeah, man. Uh, it was good to obviously see Trossard get a start as well. Um, the last two games, he showed that he's got a really good eye for goal. I mean, I just can't wait for him to just get going, man. Yeah, really impressive Trossard so far. There we go. Relentless positivity from the Arsenal boys. I'm still getting used to that, and it's been six months of it now. Um, <laughs> we'll move on to what I think has to be the upset of the round. Drew, come out of your corner because Liverpool lost to Brighton 2-1 <laughs> thanks to that lovely last-minute winner from Matoma that made Joe Wait, Gomez sorry, twerk. Sorry, how can he be an upset if you know what? in the league? Yeah, there we go. Someone caught on it. Thank you, Munya. That was going to be my question. Wait, wait. What did he say? How can he be upset because what? You, you know what, Jake? 
Bone toast. Hey, you know what, Jake? I was just going to say that um, me and Prez had the pleasure of actually watching the Brighton-Liverpool game with Andy live in the flesh, innit, man? So it was, hey, man, it just added that little bit extra in it to see Liverpool hold an L, man. I can't lie, man. But Andy, take it away, man. <clears throat> Let me tell you one thing, yeah. When that goal went in, you should have seen Prez. You should have seen the way he celebrated that goal, yeah? I just, bro, I just know he's our, he's our biggest up. That guy nah. was Two fists, you know, in boy. the air. <laughs> Two yeah. fists. Oh, yeah. my days. Man was bro, fist pumping like, like he was in the rave, you know. It was nice. Brother. <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah, man. Um, obviously, we went back into that game. Um, I remember I said previous to the lads, specifically toasting, like, obviously, we're playing Brighton away again and we can't perform the same way that we did. So it will definitely be a better performance. Um, I remember it was 1-0 with, with, with eagerness I showed Toast in the score by the time um, <laughs> I showed him the score it was already 1-0 and then um, <laughs> it was so peak and then um, yeah we watched the game it was it was kind of end to end it was you know less um, you know you know less 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 of the way Brighton had the game in a chokehold last time around but yeah, they just had the quality and they just looked like scoring and eventually they did, man. Uh, Mitoma with a brilliant, brilliant goal, took it well. And uh, yeah, I'd, 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 I'd even know where where my team is going this season, man, to be honest. So that was the beginning of the of the terrible week. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I really want to take enjoyment from it, Drew. I'm going to be completely honest. Yeah, we in the same we in the same boat, man. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> we in the same boat, bro. Like the the only difference is that like I can see a lifeboat coming my way in the form of a nah, American man. They're not. You're not like, in the same boats, bro. Yeah, I don't. I, I, nah, it's different boats, bro. It's different. Oh. Bro. It's that man on the yacht, a yacht in it. That a, a yacht that's that's basically on the way there. But you man on some. I don't know what kind of you man are on, but it's leaking, boy. Can't we're lie. on that. We're on that dinghy. That dinghy from from yeah, boy. Egypt, Egypt to Italy. Twenty man in one dinghy. <laughs> Only ten are making it out. Hey. Boy, it's tight for you, man. Mad. That is <laughs> mad. Oh, wow, that is um. Oh, I, I can't do anything with that comparison, lads. We've got. Um, right, best tie of the round though. The Hollywood team themselves, Wrexham, hosting Sheffield United. That was a game and a half, a real draw. Wrexham thought they had a 90th minute winner, only for Sheffield, who were a man down, to get a what was it like a 94th minute equaliser. Um, how's the cliche go, lads? Hollywood couldn't write anything better. Yet you had Ryan Reynolds at the stadium actually watching it. Um, like. It's just I I just want to talk about the crazy growth that obviously Wrexham are having now because they are a sensation. Obviously Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney buying it, and then you've got Welcome to Wrexham, which I don't know if you boys watched, but that was a fantastic football documentary. You've now got ESPN streaming Wrexham games. They're that valid to watch now. Really? Uh, yeah, I didn't even know yeah. That. <laughs> it's like it's yeah. absolutely mad, and like. They were competitive. This was a game like Sheffield, I think, played mostly first team. Wrexham definitely played the first team. They had two their, two of their three centre-backs get taken off in the first 10 minutes for injuries. They conceded, I think, two minutes in. And they played their hearts. Like, they played their hearts out. They were fantastic. And they showed, like, they're in a massive scrap in the National League. For those that aren't aware, 
I think they're three points behind Notts County. It's between one of them for the only automatic promotion place. And they've got two games in hand. So it is a proper, like, if you're not into your big league football and you want to watch an actual really good race, that is one to watch. But just the I mean, absolute... On that, on that as well, they need to change that, man. How can you say one team comes into the football league when... When um, it, it don't make sense that when you've got other leagues, I think is it League Two or so League One, four get relegated or three, and then only one can come in. Like, yeah, they need to change that ASAP. Yeah, 100%. 100%. I so think that, cause that, they that, do say that welcome to. I'm sorry, I was just going to say that's that. My little in, run. Oh. That's, all, that's my little run for all the small teams out there that want to make it up into the Premier League. Yeah, exactly. Like I think they say in welcome yeah, to Wrexham that is the hardest to get out. Sorry, Tosh, you go. No, I was just saying the Vanarama, yeah, obviously it's very, it's competitive, man. Like only one team like getting promoted. Yeah, insane, insane. I completely agree there. Um, but we will move on and we're finally going to get to this weekend's action, lads. We're going to get to the Premier League. So we'll start. No, we don't have to, man. We don't have to. Let's just skip to today's games. You wish. Come on, John. We don't, we don't have to, man. <laughs> Every week, man. Let's give it a rest this week. Is <laughs> <laughs> oh, anybody uh, here? We... <laughs> Listeners, let... we will we'll persevere. We'll all, apart from one of us, push through. I think it's the best way to put that. Um, but Chelsea started off the weekend on Friday Night Football, which I think is the first time we played that fixture in some like four years. Um, Nil-nil, it finished. And I think the positive you could probably take from that from Chelsea is a Baddy Shilo looks fantastic like third game in a row with Thiago Silva at the back third clean sheet I think Char you said it he looks like he was made in a lab to play centre back bro he is um, massive what like bro he's nice it's actually bro. weird he's nice, very bro. good though yeah he's very good. good he's very good he's only gonna get better especially playing against alongside Thiago Silva but yeah he's massive bro he looks like he's been made he literally looks like a Haaland 2.0 but just with obviously very dark skin and he obviously a centre back. Very nuts. Did you did it's you nuts. have to make a reference on his dark skin being very? I had to. Well, did you? Yeah. Was, was there any need? Why is that, was, why was, is that a bad thing? Was, was there why any need to say thing? that it, that his dark is that skin is thing? very that, that it's why very is dark? That a bad thing. Could you why not have just said thing? it was it was it was dark? You're taking it as without, a bad without thing. adding the very guys. Very is black is beautiful, guys. Know that. I'll agree with that last part and then as well, just sort of move on. Um, but I, I think I think the rest of Chelsea, they look like a team that had hastily been put together. So this was an extension of our record. Jake, hold on. Before you move on, yeah. Tete, Tete pocket in Mudrick. We have to talk about that because... Um, yeah, he, well, do you know that, what? Like, I, Tete I had up. a performance of the ages, man. Fam! I thought he was whack, but... No, he's decent, you know. He's actually decent for a minute. Where did he used to play? What team did he used to play for? Um, before, before, was it... Who did he go down with? Uh, was it Nor- Norwich? No, I'm not going to say Norwich. Uh, no, not Norwich. Norwich. No? It might have been Norwich, you know. I, I, I know I've seen him in the Prem before and I thought he was beside, he wasn't that great, to be honest. But maybe Bournemouth. I'll, I'll double check in it. But yeah, no, good. No, no, because I, I don't think there. he's ever been to the Prem before. Fulham is his first club. Yeah, I think you're talking about another. You might be thinking about Nathan Tete, innit? Maybe. I don't know. But maybe. This is, a this is Kenny Tete, innit? This is a different one. Decent, man. 
But yeah, he was he was fantastic. He he genuinely was absolutely deserved that man of the match. He was like it was Mudrick first half, then he was at second half. It was Sterling. Sterling had his go at him. Like anyone that went up to him weren't getting past. But yeah, Chelsea they looked like a team that had just been hastily put together. So like we extended our rec- Graham Potter's unfortunate record where this was a sixth match in a row we had started one debutant. So there was just a complete lack of cohesiveness. But, and this is something I'm going to raise, and I've defended both these players viciously ever since I've been in the pod and ever since they've started playing for Chelsea. But I think I'm I, I'm going to raise it because I think it's gone on the radar. Kai and Mason are having really bad seasons, especially very, Mason. Very bad. Like, that, <laughs> that's almost going under the radar for me a little bit there, to be honest, Charles. Like, I, I, I will By who? By, by you or people in general it's nice he's right man people it doesn't it's like it's like when chelsea players especially like Havertz especially is a very key example of it mount i think he always gets people that like are falling against him but Havertz, bro like Havertz, people don't loud the fact he's had an absolute stinker since he's basically been at chelsea minus of it i know he won the champions league for you guys but bro like a season's a long season and every time i watch the guy he has like one or two decent games and then he stinks for like four or five straight like we need to loud it more, man. I think he's got a way of murder, especially this season. Yeah, no, like, like I say, that's but, why I wanted to raise it because definitely with Mason, like, like I say, I'll defend it, but I think he's got a lot of criticism over the years that has not been deserved. And for me, he's got so much credit in the bank. I know a lot of Chelsea supporters, I'll put supporters in inverted commas, um, they like don't reckon it and they want him sold immediately. It's like, well, he's been our player of the year last two years. Let's give him a break. Whereas Havertz, like I say, like I've said on this pod, I will defend him because he won me a Champions League. And yeah, you have there, to be like, honest. Yeah, He did win the Champions League for me. And that's absolutely fair. And he will stay as not a Chelsea legend, but like that moment will stick in my mind for the rest of my life. But I am sat here now. It's like, like we play him every week and I, in as our nine and in front of goal, he's timid. I think that's the best way to describe it. Like he had that one where he got sent through, had a lovely run to be um Tosin on at right centre back, got sent through on one on one, let the ball bounce once. And he's like, as soon as you let it bounce once, it's like hit it, put it in the bottom corner. He let it then bounce again before trying to chip Leno. It's like you've just let the angle close up so much there. So like I don't know if it's a case of he needs some personal coaching, he needs to find some form of confidence, but yeah, he just he goes in front of goal and it's like one goal for him in this game and that's the one I think someone put it on Twitter it's like if Chelsea got an offer of 50 million pounds in the summer for Havertz do they say no hell no sell him I don't I just don't see why because I think his best positions are between the behind the striker and the two and he's definitely not going to start ahead of all the fucking players you guys have there now so if you get 50 mil from him you've done well sell him to be honest yeah like i I, i'd have to agree but yeah so chelsea that like say this is the performance but they had another clean sheet mitrovic and like i think fulham wise if you if they're going to score it's either going to be mitrovic or it's going to be from a a set piece they didn't look particularly dangerous on either so at least that's positive attacking wise yes there is still a lot of moving parts it's like you said earlier child like we're still starting ziet who obviously doesn't really want to be there you're starting Gallagher, who we were fine with selling with at a um, like Bowie point of view. Apparently, Potter wants to keep him round, and I do as well. I think I thought he was pretty good, especially in the second half. He um, reje- he rejected the Everton move, didn't he? It was him that rejected yeah, he, it, yeah. right? 
<laughs> yeah, funny. Which... Smart, smart to be honest. Bruh, who wants yeah. to go there? Bro, but Conor Gallagher on the dike though. <laughs> yeah, to be honest, to be honest, yeah, that's a different ball, boy. We would have, we would have, we would have said something different. <laughs> yeah, it's true, it's true, it's true. It's true. I, I think for me, I was surprised that Chelsea actually like accepted it because I think we had this discussion chat on the group chat. It's like Anthony Gordon went for forty million, right? Mm. Why are you accepting the same for Conor Gallagher, who has been nominated for the Premier League Young Player of the Year last year and has been called up for an England squad and has yeah. got caps? Like, I think we're not saying he's a forty million pound player, but mm. he is worth more than that purely based on the market. That's the thing. I think he's not. That's the thing. I think Chelsea understand that this is not going to get better than this in terms of the offer that we're getting for him, for him at the moment. Maybe he turns it around and he'll be worth more. But I don't think... Yeah, you can look at other players and it can dictate the prices of your midfielders. I get that. But 40 million, man, I would have accepted that for Conor Gallagher as well. I think most clubs would, based on how, how he's playing. So I think that's where Chelsea were coming from. Yeah, I, th- I think he's definitely going to have more opportunities over the season because given the fact we sold Jorginho... Loftus-Cheek has been out since, I think, October. Kovacic has got his own injury issues. We haven't what's your, what's your thoughts about that one? The Jorginho to Arsenal. What's your thoughts about that one? Made sense for everyone. Made sense for everyone. He wasn't going to re-sign with us. So you make, what was it, Arsenal boys, 11 million plus two in add-ons if you either hit top four or win the league. So at least 12, if not 13 million. You make that on a player that was going to leave for free for six months. So I think Chelsea from financial side, especially given the fact that right now we're not competitors with Arsenal. So it doesn't really matter from that front. Obviously for the player, he gets what 18 months in a city that he loves, plus maybe an extra year and he gets the challenge for a Premier League. At very least he'll be in European football next year, which Chelsea can't guarantee. Then Arsenal get adequate cover for Partey and for Xhaka because... We saw Sambi, and I won't bring Toast into it because we're going to be spending too much time ranting about him. But I think just at the very least, he is not ready <laughs> to play for a title or top four contending team, how whichever way you want to face it. So I thought it was a good move. I thought like I I liked Jorginho. He was a very good player at what he did, and I I don't see it as a bad move. Unlike all the other recent Chelsea to Arsenal transfers which as soon as they were done you sort of went as Kenna would say um (laughs) but speaking of Arsenal (laughs) we will move on to Arsenal because they had the early kickoff taking on Everton Everton had just appointed Sean Dyche Ginger Mourinho and my god they were a completely different team they looked supremely organized they completely well not completely but they really did nullify Arsenal which Minyotoshi will have to correct me but I don't think we've really seen that this season Arteta is still yet to win as a manager at Goodison Park um but Toast I'll start with you like like I say I don't remember Arsenal being that bad in a game this season to be completely honest so you think back two weeks ago you beat United a lot of people were crowning you as champion-elect now, is this the game where you sort of look back and be like, well, these are the sort of games we have to win if we are going to challenge or and or win this title? Absolutely, man. Um, I I think, if I'm honest, that was my initial thought. Probably I took the first kind of 24 hours to kind of just soak it in. Obviously, as I mentioned earlier in the pod, we hadn't lost since September, but 
Um, while it was a game that we absolutely should have won and sh- what well, we needed to win, if, um, to put it more correctly, um, obviously it's somewhat been nullified with City's result today. But if I'm honest, like I said, tw- having 24 hours to kind of internalise it, I have to give it up to Sean Dyke, man. I'm not going to lie. Like he's always been a manager. Let me not say he's like a, a manager I've been a fan of, but again, what he was able to kind of accomplish at Burnley, um, having them finish in like European places in, in one of the seasons that he was there. Like you, you gotta, you gotta give it up to him, man. Like he really, really did do a good job. And he, <laughs> I didn't really want to believe in that new manager bounce, all of that nonsense. But if I'm honest, like Everton, they were well, they were well worthy of their victory, man. Like they were so well, like um, equipped to play that game. Like for me, that was like the best game I've seen Dwight McNeil play all season. That was the best game I've seen um, Calvert Lewitt Calvert-Lewin play all season, uh, McNeil and Coleman, the balls were just coming from every single angle. Like the crosses were just coming in from left, right, left, right, left, right. Like like a, a boxer's punch, man. And and then you've got the strength of the Black Panther midfield. Like that, the Corey, Garner Gay and Onana, they were brazy, man. And you know what? Onana, from what I've seen, I wasn't actually a big fan, but i got to give it up to him, man. Like he really had a really good game. He was getting the fans fired up. Like Daesh is the kind of guy, he, like... If if he if Dyche went to like a Liverpool or a Chelsea, obviously he would struggle. He'd be he'll be out of his depth completely, man. But at like an Everton, where he can actually bring his identity to a club with a really small stadium, the fans will kind of just get behind the team. Like Dyche ball is per- is perfect for Everton, man. So I have to give Everton their credit. They had more shots on target than us. Um, they probably had a slightly more clearer cut chances, if I'm honest. Um, they they played they played a very consistent system. Like I said, those crosses were coming in at all parts of the game, from set pieces, from from free kicks, from open play. They, hey man, they des- they deserve the victory, man. I mean, Arsenal, we weren't at our best. I mean, I'm not gonna. It probably was our worst performance of the season, but. Um, you couple that with a team that were desperate for points and the hunger and how well like um, they were tactically, man. I've got to give Everton credit. Do you, man, think you were that bad though? I, I, I was watching Arsenal and I actually thought like the first, the first 10, 20 minutes of the game on the ball, you guys actually started all right. Like you started like your stringing part. I don't think it was that much that Arsenal were whack. I actually think this Everton really applied themselves really, really well. So I wouldn't even be. I've personally think one of the ones you charged to the game. Yeah, no. If you look, if you watch Arsenal, um, this is not a quality of football this season. Um, no, no, I get that. I get that. Really, I do get that. Really I do get that. Everything wasn't really clicking. Like, and yeah, for me, whenever, I feel as if whenever, whenever we had an opportunity to get the game going, um, Everton were disrupting it, which is obviously the game plan working, mm. but. On the day, we didn't do enough to even get a draw, let alone try and get three points. That's the end of, that's that's it. Um, if it, if I compare it to our defeat, other defeat in the Premier League, um, which is against United in that game, I think everyone that watched that game knew we didn't deserve to lose, but we did. But we played well, so you would think that would have hurt more. I think looking at how we've raised our game this whole season to play like that, and then not even want to challenge and knowing the scenario as Jake said this is the kind of games that we should be winning like we've we've kind of fixed that area this season where we've gone to games where you know Palace away first game of the season where people would have thought oh they're going to lose today because this is Arsenal under the lights whatnot. we've started overcoming um, those, 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 those question marks but yeah yesterday's was just disappointing because 
it, it, there was no fight and I think the boys know that but we've got a good chance to bounce back from this game um, we've got Brentford away sorry at home at back us at home with an informed Brentford so yeah man we move fair enough fair enough Munyu just quickly before we move off this game who hates United more Gary Neville or Neil Morpé <laughs> <laughs> oh man honestly that Morpé he, he got rejected by Arsenal in the past 100% Great. Because this level of hate is different. <laughs> yeah, go. do you know what? You I... <laughs> yeah, man, it is what it is. <laughs> uh, right, we'll move on. Um, Drew, I'm going to save your suffering for one more game. Uh, United 2, Palace 1. <laughs> so, Char, the first 70 minutes of the game, United absolutely dominated as far as I was I concerned. They really had Palace in a stranglehold. Um, Casemiro then decided to take that a bit too literally and put <laughs> his hands on Will Hughes' neck and receive a straight red. Um, Palace then got a goal back. But to be honest, I didn't think they really threatened to score any more than that. Um, but Casemiro, we all know the profound effect that he's had on United. I think him and Martinez mm-hmm. have been absolutely fantastic. But we didn't talk about it earlier. So the only real signing you made in January, as far as I can recall was loaning in Sabitza on deadline day due to the injury mm-hmm. for Ericsson. Um, obviously he didn't play on Saturday, given the rest, I'm guessing it's try- time to bed him in, but I'm going to assume now that he will have to start Wednesday against Leeds, right? And make an immediate impact for you guys, given that Casemiro is now out for yeah. both Leeds games and someone else. I can't remember, but another game. Yeah. He's out for three games now. Yeah, no, he's definitely going to have to start. I mean, ugh. It's one of them ones. It, it, it's Casemiro. Obviously, if, in terms of the game, it was it was a very much a, a very similar game to a lot of the games that've been at Old Trafford. I think we've made it a bit of a fortress now. So um, it was it was a good game for us until the red card, um, and then it was all all sort of hands on pump as such and uh, it was yeah it was very difficult to be honest um Palace made it very difficult they were sort of sending a lot of players into our box um but it, it made me quite proud of the players I watched the game um and you I, I can promise you to God especially Palace who have been a semi-bogey team for us um in the past um they would 100% bagged if that was like a uh, a United team of a couple of seasons or even last season so um, it shows that we've got a bit of resilience um, but I think obviously the big taken point is obviously the fact that Casemiro is going to be um, out for three games uh, with the whole Casemiro situation I love him to bits in it and uh, I think um, but he, I, I, yesterday I was annoyed at him because I was like for someone so experienced he he does sort of push things too far but I guess with someone of his capabilities and his sort of skill set as such yeah like he basically he he toes the line it, sometimes it works in our favor um and sometimes it doesn't think of how many times we've watched Casemiro games even at Madrid and thought how has he not been sent off after for like a second year of card or something because he's always totting up fouls so I guess it, it sometimes works it usually works in our favor but in this case um and obviously in the case where he got banned after that yellow card it hasn't um, but yeah, very frustrating. And I think, yeah, we're going to have to play with, I think he's been speaking, um, Ten Hag has been speaking about potentially playing either Martinez or Lindelof number six. Um, but I'll, I'll be surprised if he doesn't play Fred number six and Sabitzer just ahead of him with, with obviously Bruno. But yeah, don't be surprised if you see one of our centre-backs playing there too, especially because we actually have more centre-backs on, on books. 
I think I think there's more to come with. Um, I appreciate the ob- objectivity there, bro. Go on, Tos. No, go on, Tos. Carry on. Um, sorry, Monu. Um, just because I've been seeing a lot of United fans kind of saying, "Ah, was was that really a red?" And I'm just thinking, like, there's no situation in football where you need to have your hands around a man's yeah, neck, man. really. So for me, it was clear cut. I mean, I, I, I get that there was a bit more going on in that melee. I think um, Fred's eye got poked or something like that. But I'm sorry, man. Like, your your hands should not be around a man's neck in any situation on a football pitch. B- so B- both hands as well, yeah, man. I think what a lot of... I think a lot of what top reds are... What I've been seeing, especially on United Twitter... Is people are not necessarily saying Casemiro didn't do wrong, but they're saying that like the inconsistencies wasn't there because if you actually look at what Ayu done, um, I forgot who to what player, it, there was no different. He, I think he was basically gouging man's eye. Like so, I think what what Ten Hag came out and said is not that Casemiro hasn't crossed the line because he has, but you can't then because it was, it was actually a VAR check on on Casemiro, so it wasn't even the fact that the ref gave the red card. It was the fact that cameras actually went to go and look at it you're saying what so why have they only looked at that incident when there was other incidents that were just as bad happening in that same melee I think it's just inconsistencies Wait, that's that, frustrating isn't it Andre Ayu was like grabbing yeah. the man up and like basically gouging his eye and it was literally happening right in front so I don't understand why was it that like it, why was the why was um, VAR only told to, to check the Casemiro incident when there was literally like Cause, a whole, whole melee because Will Hills that's fair Will enough Hills, whatever his name is Will Hill, whatever his name is. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Wow. wow. I said Will Hills, bro. Hey, Monja. Monja, take, take, oh take a breather. Take a breather. It's Will Hughes. Yeah. Bloody hell. Oh <laughs> he, he's Jake. I think you can. Lord <laughs> of mercy. He's a, he's a fair well, skin. Well, so no, if you start right, him, right, no, I'm moving away from that now if you're going to be digging that. Oh, my God. He's a huge... If you choke a man right, like him, did you see how red his face was? I think that's what made it more... Oh my face. My man gets I hear so it. Red. I do hear it, but, bro, it's just it was inconsistent, just like, isn't it? It's just like animal, boy. Man. Oh, my God. All right, Jake, don't have on. it, man. Well, do you know what? I'm not, Drew, because we're going to move on and you're going to take the firing line now because Wolves oh. free, Liverpool Let me near. pull up. Let me get comfortable. Let me oh. hear this. <laughs> um, Drew, I think we can all agree this is the lowest of the low for Klopp's Liverpool to the point where even in his post-game, he couldn't understand what was going on in front of him. Like, if you watched Match of the Day, you could see the clips of him, like, ranting at Milner and Henderson on the bench, just like... What the fuck am I watching? Because it's not even tactical at this point, is it? It is as case of like heads have just gone within this dressing room. We're now getting whispers that Klopp is thinking of walking away. Hashtag Gerard till the end of the season, please. What the fuck, man? What the fuck? That's my question. Bro, I don't know neither, man. I thought like we we reached bottom um what do you go? We 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 reached our our bottom end at the Brighton game when we lost three 0 to them, and then we go to Wolves and we lose three 0 to them as well. And the manner, Jake, like it's it's just like you can lose a game, right? But it, the manner that's what hurts me. In the past three games, yeah, we've we've conceded three goals and lost to and lost all those games as well. Three 0 to um, Wolves, three 0 to Brighton, and three one to Brentford. I think away. And, like, on paper, obviously, away to Brighton and Brentford, everyone struggles there, yeah? But 
regardless on paper these are not games that you should be losing and if you if, even if you do lose them lose them with pride in it like Arsenal did this weekend at Everton Arsenal weren't at their best but they lost with a bit of you know, you know what I mean they, they did something Liverpool were just losing as if like these teams are our mates and it's 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 so frustrating, man. And for me, like like I said, man, I don't feel like um, the club is gonna sack Klopp. Nor do I think like Klopp needs to go. But I do fear that Klopp, if this goes on any longer, Klopp will walk out because it feels like the players are just downing tools, man. Not even downing tools; they're just not doing what they're supposed to do. If you saw the first goal, the own goal of Matip, if you saw what Gomez was doing in the ho- in the in the in that particular phase of play. He made at least four or five mistakes there, like positional mistakes where this that goal could have been easily avoided. Fair enough. The second goal that they scored was also like a, a, a defensive, I don't know what that was, but obviously you could charge those type of goals to the game. And then obviously from that point until the third goal, we, we basically tried to score, but we couldn't. And then they hit us on the soccer punch. If you saw on the third goal what Thiago was doing, this is music to Charles ears. Yeah. But it's what just, Thiago it's, was it's, doing it's criminal, man. is criminal, bro. Like, I don't get it. Man is just jogging and he's not even checking his <laughs> rearview mirrors. And you're, fam, like, you're almost, fam, if you, like, please go what's I got. Like, I don't, I don't know, boy. And I think this is where Klopp's frustration comes from. Because you can, I mean, some, some, I'm, I've been speaking to some, you know, some of my Liverpool friends as well. And obviously, there are some things that you can attribute to Klopp. Like, obviously, not... You know, after missing out on Charmaine, not, you know, going for alternative midfielders, just sticking to your guns and wanting the midfielder that you want, that's fine. But it's not everyday, um, what do you call it? It's not everyday midfield, in it? It's not everyday because we ain't got a midfield. It's not everyday because our midfield is aging. It's not that, bro. There's no bit that we, we've got no business losing to these three teams in this manner. With with the team that with the teams that we have, regardless, Donny has tried everything. He's tried the youth. He's tried the uh, the experienced Donnies. He's tried. This is what's uh, killing me at the he's moment. Tried the he's... <laughs> he's tried everything, bro. He's tried everything. And the thing is, like, again, again, I've I've, I've kept saying this. It's it's kind of reminiscent to the COVID season, but it's not at the same time because the players that we have, they should be putting at least at least these teams away. You get me? So. I don't know, man. These players, they need to take a hard, lo- long look at themselves. And, um, Toast, this might sound to, sounds like music to your ears as well, but Darwin, both times, 2-1. He, Thank like, you. Had chances, I see it. Thank you. Brother. Like, I, 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 I'm, glad, I'm glad you said it because, <laughs> like, not even to get onto the Don, but when you're 2-0 down and your striker's 1-1 with a, with a goalie, Give Twice. the team a chance to get back in the game, innit? Yeah, you got to put it so away, man. bro. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so, hey, to keep I'm glad you're seeing it, innit? Yeah, because that, that was, yeah, I was so, yeah, man, that game pissed me off, man. Because obviously I came on a high, Arsenal lost, red, tear, tear, but then I went down again because Liverpool starting again. And boy, Which one hurt more? Was we it lost. the Brighton one or this one? I feel like this one was peakable. I think, I think this one hurt more, man, because I did not, yeah, I did not expect it at all. I did not expect us to lose. I, maybe Free a draw. Free zip, you know. Jeez. Free zip, man. Yeah. <laughs> I fucking love it. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I know Press I know Press was somewhere boarding up his fist again. As if he's won the lottery. But mm. I tried to warn you, boy. I tried, but I didn't know what EPS said. I said, you man are done. And you thought I was hating. You did say that. I'm not going to lie. You said it early. Bro. You did. I can't lie. This Liverpool side, it's actually scary. The decline is actually quite worrying. 
yeah. see Klopp walking, man. I see, I see Klopp walking. I see, I see it as well. I see it as well because yeah. these players they're him. doing, they're doing yeah. a madness, bro. So who, who Go on, John. I don't want anyone next because there's no one out there for me. Uh, the the manager that I actually wanted to take over Liverpool was um the the one is at Chelsea and the other one is at United. So now I'm thinking who who's out there where I'm like there's no one there's no one for me man. So I don't know. Galsman, uh, what's his name? My man from Bayern, no? Wasn't yeah, he the one? That, yeah, that yeah, that was yeah, that was my dog. But what he did last season. <laughs> <laughs> he's, 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 he slipped up. He slipped up the ranks for me. Certain man will say Stephen Gerrard, boy. Anyway, <laughs> <talk>. <laughs> no, I mean, Drew. The the point I want to raise with this Liverpool is, like you say, like I I I think there is a massive rebuild coming. I think I completely agree yeah. with Munya. I didn't see it nearly as quickly. Hands up. But whenever we think of the summer transfers, uh, with Liverpool, it's always one word: Jude. Now, if you manage to pull off the Jude transfer. A, that's your budget gone, right? Because you're going to have to sell a load of players to even try and make that book. And then B, Jude does not solve half of your problems. He is an immense footballer and will be for the next decade, the way he plays football. But the sheer amount of work that looks like that's within that squad, like, do you, would you almost just want Jude and be like, we'll have to cover up the rest? Or would you say, no, we need to be more sensible and sign three players for 40 million instead of this I've one said, player I've for 120. I've said this many a times, man. Like, I do not understand why this club is putting all their eggs in one basket. The only transfer room I'm hearing is Jude Bellingham. We're going all out for Jude Bellingham. Jude Bellingham this. Like, this, the centre midfield market is it's a nice market. It's one of the nicest markets out there right now. There was no need for us to sign Gakpo. There, there, there was absolutely no need to sign Gakpo. I'm hearing rumours as well that um, obviously, after Charmaine, after after Charmaine went to Real Madrid, or he when he rejected us to for Real Madrid, uh, the sporting director that is now leaving, he he gave Klopp uh, three more players to be like, yo, we can sign these. No names, of course, but he gave him three more players. Klopp was like, nah, if we're not getting Charmaine, I'm happy with what we have. And this is after the Darwin signing. So imagine, so obviously with things like that, I I I will give it to club because it's like why are you not there's so many other midfielders out there Jude Bellingham is not solving anything anything that's the problem he's actually not solving your actual problem he's moment. not solving so anything like... bro all you have to add other midfielders with Jude but for me this Jude Bellingham thing as well like I like I, I'm not even like gassed about it like there's other there's other midfielders for lower prices that will that will probably do the job that you look at uh, what's his name obviously he's an Everton player so we might not get him but Odana for example like players like that you can scout like actual decent players what are Brighton what are teams like Brighton doing that you're not doing you get me so for me like this this whole Jude Bellingham thing um, the way we're going is he's probably gonna go to Madrid or City regardless he's not even gonna look. Look our way. I actually hope so as well. So then now they have to be creative and find someone from the favelas with free mil. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Well, I'll, I'll let you calm down now. We'll let the steam stop coming out of your ears because that, that was a very passionate rant and I loved it. Um, we'll finish off with the last game of the weekend. Spurs beating City 1-0. The ground that Pep Guardiola cannot win at. He has not even scored at the new Tottenham Hotspur ground, let alone one there. And again, they looked 
horrible. Like we were discussing it during the game. I personally ha- cannot remember a time that a Pep City, or even a Pep team in general, really, but this Pep City team <coughs> looked this blunt. They just there was no no sharpness to their game. Like the commentators kept on saying it, they just weren't looking for Haaland's runs. It reminded me a lot of Chelsea with Lukaku in that Lukaku <laughs> would make a run and we we would just pass it sideways. And that is what City to me are looking like. I didn't even think anyone can argue this with me. Like especially the Arsenal boys that benefited from this Spurs win, which I guess pains them to say, but in a way it doesn't really matter because they benefited. Um, but Spurs weren't even that good for me. I thought City were just that bad. I think like, I think yeah, have a it, shot. I think City has been horrible this whole season, to be honest. And they've they they are where they are because of Haaland, I think. I don't think they've I think to be honest, I'll I'll go as far to say the only good team this season has been Arsenal in regards to just being good like the whole season on the pitch. City has not been City has not been good for me and these performances they were coming, man. Like these when when Haaland's not being fed, it's long. It's peak. But I don't know what you guys think, but I, I, I don't I haven't been I haven't been impressed with City this season. Personally, I, yeah, they I, haven't been. They haven't been at their scintillate and best by any stretch of imagination, to be honest. Um, yeah, but the thing is, with City, it's a weird one. And I, I was actually listening to after the, the Tottenham game. Um, I was actually listening to um, Jamie Carragher and the rest speak, and I actually agree with what Carragher was saying. That um, don't get me wrong, by no stretch of imagination am I saying that Haaland, Man City are worst team with Haaland in it. But when you actually deep what Haaland is, of don't get me wrong, he's a a generational talent in the sense of like some of his attributes. Um, he's so strong, so powerful, good in the air, can can score with either foot. But when you actually look at a lot of his goals in the Bundesliga, it was running into space. He's probably his most like it's probably his most impressive asset is actually his running pace, his running power. And in City's team, he's just not gonna get that level of like you know when you, if you actually look back at the, the goal, I think the goal against West Ham earlier in the season. Uh, when he just, I think Kevin De Bruyne got his head up and just played the ball, and then and then Haaland just basically ran through and just blitzed everyone and scored. That is Haaland's bag, and that's that's what he's made his name for. And he's just not going to get that level of service playing for City, where it's all about keeping the ball, keeping the ball, finding progressive overloads, and and obviously then and almost walking the ball into the into the into the goal. So don't get me wrong, he's going to keep scoring at City because they just. They're just too good of a team to not create for him. But I do, there's a part of me that do does believe that Haaland, he, he, his attributes aren't best suited in that City team. Um, but that's not to say that they're, they're a worse team with him. I just think that in a in another team, maybe... Because he's, he's, not, he's, not, he, he, he's not really good with the ball at his feet and he's, dribbling. That's not, him. That's, that's, not what, him. that's not him. Yeah, he yeah. won two touch football on goal. That's yeah. that, that, that's that's him. Whereas I feel like for City, and there's reason, you know, I think there's a stat that says that they've actually scored the same amount of goals at this point this season that they did last season. So it's not even that you can say they're better or worse. So oh, what's got what's got what's got to go, what's got given it sort of thing. So it's my so it's, it's a weird one, man. It is, it is, and luckily Pep Guardiola is paid a lot of money to figure that out, whether or not he will. He's got 17 more games to do so. Um, but, boys, been a great episode. Thank you ever so much. But, of course, we are at the bar. We need to do our shots. And, Munya, I know you've got one for me. Yeah, man. It's for um, Super Mikarteta and the boys. 
not the result that we wanted this weekend, but um, I know we can definitely bounce back. We will need to bounce back because the game against Brentford ain't going to be um, a, a, a walkthrough at the Emirates. Brentford have changed their form, but I'm expecting a big bounce back from the boys, man. Bro, that's a dub for you, my man. You know what I'm lying. You know what I'm But I got a quick, I got a quick one, to be honest. Um, I just wanted to, I just shot to my team, to be honest. Um, I think that is eight straight wins at Old Trafford. Um, if there's one thing that pained me about this period of time of United not being good, it's the fact that Old Trafford used to, people used to come Old Trafford and think they could collect a, collect a dub. And that was hurting me to my core in it because um, we've always prided ourselves around having good, strong home form at Old Trafford. Um, and I think bringing that back was was important. So yeah, a shout to to all the teams to be honest, especially more so because of the the home the home um, results that we've been getting. I've been impressive, and we've beat some some impressive teams um, throughout it too. Well, there we go, there we go. Um, listeners, thank you ever so much for tuning in. As always, like I said at the start, we have got some very exciting content coming your way this week, so please stay with our socials. Stay up to date on that Fantasy League. We all know what's at stake there. And, yeah, it's been a great one. We'll see you soon. Peace. Peace. Peace.